You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. All right, back here on the Morning Drive, right here on Sports Talk 97.7. Of course, uh, we're trying to effort Chris Blair, and uh, hopefully we'll get him on. In the meantime, we'll talk about some of the players that were chosen in the draft. Uh, included right-handed pitcher uh, Cam Sanders in the 12th round, went to the Chicago Cubs. Junior catcher uh, Hunter Fuducia. Did I say that right? Fuducia. Uh, 12th round to the Dodgers. Another LSU Tiger going to the Cubs. Sophomore infielder Jake Slaughter in the 18th round. Junior outfielder Antoine DePlantis. 19th round to Cleveland. And sophomore right-hand pitcher Zach Hess. 34th round to Atlanta. We told you about Zach, uh, Zach Watson in the 40th round to Boston. So, uh, when you start looking at, uh, and then, of course, sophomore left-hand pitcher Nick Bush was a day two selection. He was chosen in the eighth round on Tuesday by the Colorado Rockies. So those are some of the guys that have gone to the uh, major in the Major League Baseball draft. Now, you know, whether or not, you know, look, everybody's talking about, you know, how will LSU come back next year if you'll have guys that will come back. We know Cam Sanders has already signed with the Cubs. You know, how many of these guys are going to – keep on going go you know whatever the case is how many guys will decide to stay another year because you can do that in baseball I think it all depends on where they feel like that they'll be if they'll if they're going to get a real shot if they're going to move up quickly and be able to do something you know you start going into the you know the rounds that are earlier you know you're you're talking about guys that that Mm -hmm. have a real shot Um, later rounds is where you talk you know you're maybe the 900th pick or something like that you know you may say hey I'm gonna come back next year whatever the case is but you know, that's one of the struggles that LSU is going to have to deal with coming up is to see uh, what they're going to have coming in for next year. Well, and and, and all of them are uh, saying in a different situation than Kyler Murray yeah. with the 4 or $5 million guaranteed money plus another year to play at Oklahoma. I'm sure some of that money will go toward an insurance policy, but at the same time, uh, that's the sh- that's the surest deal out there. Uh, that Kyler Murray has, you know, the former quarterback at A&M now at uh, Oklahoma, pretty sure to start if he, you know, if he does indeed come back. Uh, signed and drafted by the Oakland Raiders, uh, excuse me, Oakland A's. Boy, that was a flashback. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, now we've got LSU, uh, and you indicated the rounds that some of these guys were drafted. Not high projections. Zach Hess, you know, if you said that a year ago, you'd think, uh, well, the top top three rounds now – um, and, and I'm surprised Watson went as late as he did. But, uh, again, none of this, I would think, would be a lot of guaranteed money up front. Uh, can and, and, you know, is what is your projection? What is your ceiling? Uh, is it best to go now? Is it best to wait? Um, and a lot of times I think I look a lot of this like, and we can get into this at, at another point, but the NBA draft always. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so concerned about these guys because it's because of an, there's an international component. Oh yeah, that Much comes more. in and that, that takes up. So you know we'll see as as time goes on. LSU's uh, has never really been able to bring a full class in of uh, recruited high school or, or junior college players, which I think uh, you know has made the difference for them winning a couple more national championships. Yeah, you know, with this and you know Watson, of course, he's a product of Rustin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to get a chance, you know, I think to, you know, to try to get a, get a few things done. But, you know, look, the, the bottom line is, is that it is it is concerning because this is where, especially in basketball, where you talked about it, when you can go after your freshman year, mm-hmm. basically you're going to school for a semester. Right. That's basically what you're doing almost. Mm-hmm. And then the second semester, you're not going to class as much. 
Um, and I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I've seen on a couple of college campuses, you mm-hmm. know, across the South, where you've got kids that they're just not going to class as much anymore in their second semester because they know they're going to get drafted. Wow. And that's, you know, there's a downfall to that as well because, you know, sometimes you make it, sometimes you don't, you know. And, and that's one of the things that's a real – I'm not a big one-and-done guy. I don't, no, I'm, I don't, I'm not a big one-and-done guy in college. Uh, you know, I know Ben Simmons was able to do it, you know, and you saw as great of a recruiting class as LSU had that year, as good as they were expected to be, they just fell completely flat. Uh, ben Simmons leaves after his first year, goes to the NBA, and he's going to do great things. I'm not a big one-and-done guy. I think it really it really messes with things in college basketball. Um, and, you know, that's just my opinion. I I don't like the rule. I think that it should be much more like it is in, in, in baseball. Because yeah. in baseball – if you decide that you okay, you're going to go into the draft and you don't get drafted, you're going to go back to school. I think you got to wait what two or three years uh, before you can leave. And and so I think that's something that you know it makes you think that okay, I better start thinking really hard about this because if I don't get drafted and go back to school, I can't go back in for a couple of years. Um, and I don't know. It's just the one and done thing never has been a big. I'm not, I've never been a big fan of that. Well, but. and everybody likes to talk about the the success stories, but we never hear about the the failure stories. Where, you know, and even at Kentucky, you know, where, you know, half the team goes every every year, the whole team goes pro. Um, that's all well and good. But unless how many really LeBron Jameses are there out there that can can take that leap or for, for all intents and purposes, Simmons. Yep. I mean, he never to your point, he never everybody. It's well documented. He never went to class at LSU, particularly the second semester. So you've got a situation where unless you've got somebody with just such superior talent, you you need that extra two or three years. You need that and, time. And there's a lot of other things involved. Um, you know, maturity, you know, ability to I, – I, I feel really strongly about this, saying that, that – and I know – and I've been wanting – I'm glad we're, we're on this morning together because I've been wanting to talk to you about this – is that we need to get these players financial acumen classes mm-hmm. where once they make that money, it's there forever. Mm-hmm. Where if you, even if you flame out after a year or two, you're set for life. Yeah, that's what I like to see. And uh, you know, there's so many things outside of your control when you're when you're playing professional athletes, from injuries to to whatever. But if you've got that college, most of your primarily of your college education behind you and paid for, I think it. Even though you're, you know, yes, you're foregoing earnings, but. You know, it's kind of like a doctor. In the long run, it pays off. Yeah. I, I'm i just uh, – yeah, I've never really been a proponent of that. Um, and and it, it just does a lot. And, again, when you're talking about Kentucky, you know, people – you know, you're going to the league. You know, that's just mm-hmm. one of those things. You, if you're going to Kentucky for the most part, oh, okay, well, you're, you're going there because you want to go to the league the next year, maybe two years at the most. Mm-hmm. You're not going there to get an education. You're not going there necessarily no. to do any of that. I mean, it, let's just be honest about that. The problem is, is what it does to the guys who are left, and in the the issues that you have when you are a college coach and you do make an investment uh, mm-hmm. into this in, into these guys, you make an investment. You know whether you know it or not, there's a budget line item that you have to pay for for these guys to go to school for that year, and the travel and for the insurance and all that. There's much more of this than people really rem- think about. Um, and so you know, I you know, I just never been one of those guys that thinks that this is a great idea. Now. Sure, they have if you they have the right to do it. But I think that how many instances, as you said, are you going to have a LeBron 
Are you going to have a Carmelo Anthony that can come out of Syracuse after one year and be able to be that successful? We've seen more guys that have not mm-hmm. than that have. And I think that's what we have to start thinking about is we, we want to do things based on the exception and not on the rule. Mm-hmm. And when you, start, when you start doing things like that, you have a lot of guys that don't make it. They end up, you know, some of them play extremely well over in Europe. Some play you know, overseas and things like that. But in, in a lot of cases, these guys, as you said, flame out. And then after that, what what do you do now after a year or two? You came out early after your sophomore year, maybe. And mm-hmm. you've got a lot more competition now than you than you did, you know, some years ago because you got a lot more international guys oh. that are really good that are coming into the NBA. They just got in talking about a nineteen year old kid who's gonna be in a draft this year. I mean, he is phenomenal. So if you start thinking about the international players you're going, it's just two two rounds now. The international players that you're talking about and all of that, plus you got free agents that are moving around and things. You know, the D League and G League helps you, but you know, if that's as far as you go. Yeah, and the numbers don't add up. No. Like you said, because remember now, second round's not guaranteed. No, it's not. You don't make it, uh that it's on you. And and that's what we don't hear about. It, to Sam's point is that, you know, we hear about the success stories, but we don't hear about I'm concerned about the ones who went pro after their sophomore year. Okay, mm-hmm. well, what happened? Okay, he blew out a knee or whatever. Okay, well, what kind of money was he able to make while he was playing? Is it is it is it set up at a trust fund? Is it set up enough where he can, you know, can he survive till he get finds out what he wants what else he wants to do with his life? I mean, we don't I know people go, "Well, that's that's just and I I know people are saying, "Well, you can't do that puffy because it's, you know, it's a free country." Yeah, it is. But I'm concerned about this because I want coll- collegiate sports to be about opportunity as much opportunity as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And maybe even, I'll go so far as to say, maybe the ability to even come back Yeah, if you've gotten drafted. But I, think you know? if you, I think if you come so. back after you get drafted, I think you got to sit out two years. That's a good point. I, I think yeah. because if you, came, if you came back, there was a reason. Yeah. And I think that, you know, maybe that you can increase. That's one thing I, I would hope that the NC2A does <clears throat> is that if you don't get drafted in, in the first two rounds and you declare for the draft, mm-hmm. You can come back, but you got to wait two years. That means you got to come back here, and that's where going to class the second semester mm-hmm. of that year is really going to start making that matter. Because if it doesn't, what happens is you got guys that they okay. Well, they they're not eligible. You can't go back to school now and play. Yeah, and it makes you having to say, okay, you got to go to class because if you don't get drafted, you can come back, but you got to be eligible once you come back here. If you're not eligible, then you're going to sit out, but you still can't go for two years. Well, this isn't like fishing, right? No, I mean you can't. Not like you, you don't have that three hundred thou uh, ready to go when uh, if you if you don't make it because it's a it's much more of a uh, feast or famine situation, particularly with the NBA because again the international component. You've got these players coming in from overseas that are going guaranteed to take up roster spots for you know that that kid that uh, went from Kentucky after his sophomore year, mm-hmm. and we don't. Yeah, we heard about New Orleans, New Orleans Noel, and and those kind of guys. Wait a minute. There were a lot of other guys that went pro. Yeah. Uh, give me their stories, and then let's talk about it. Yeah, that's uh, and that's you know that's just what you have to start thinking about, man. You got to start thinking about how does this is mm-hmm. going to affect my life. So, anyway, uh, interesting uh, topic, and we're going to talk a little bit more about fishing. We have a we have some people that want to talk about fishing now. Back we about, go to fishing. Yeah. We, well, just because of the fact that we brought up an interesting topic, and that is, you know, you get done eating a burrito, or you know, you drunk, you had a lot of water. You know, what do you do out there? If you're, you know, especially com- you know competing three, four hours out there on the boat and 
got to go, got to go right now. I mean, what do you do? Well, and, and say your nerves were, were, were shaky before, so you decided to have a, you know, a couple of adult beverages the night before and thinking, you know, I'm nervous about getting out on the water at 530 in the morning, so I'm going to going to throw back a couple. Just, and, oh, that was not a good idea. Maybe not and a then, good uh, idea. And by the way, have, pass me the burrito, Sam. <laughs> uh, FS says it's amazing that a kid can go to class for one semester, get a .9 GPA in the second GoPro and not hurt your a, uh, APR. It's almost like coaches wrote that rule. Uh, there's uh, there's complexity to that uh, on how you're talking, what you're what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, your first semester, when you come back, you have to be eligible. Uh, and this is where, depending on if you're on the quarter system or if you're on the semester system, mm-hmm. it depends on how it'll hurt you. Mm. So if you're on the quarter system, and let's just say this uh, for college football. We'll use that for an instance. Your eligibility for a bowl game depends on when the quarter or semester ended that you're in. So, for instance, if your semester ended, let's say, in December, your finals are in December, and you get ready to play your bowl game sometime, let's say, December 16th, or you play Mm -hmm. on New Year's Day. Okay, well, here's how it works. If you are not eligible after that semester, you don't play in the bowl game or in a subsequent national championship game. Because those games are a continuation of your season mm-hmm. from that before. Now, because you got basketball, which splits into two different semesters or quarters, uh, the same can be said. So let's say, for instance, you were eligible in the fall quarter, you're eligible in the spring or in the in the uh, winter quarter, and let's just say, I don't know when the winter quarter ends, but let's say it ends sometime in you know February. Okay. In the February. You're not eligible at the end of February because you flunked. In March, you're not eligible to play. Hmm. So, you know, you have to, it depends on when your quarter and your semester ends that determines your eligibility if you have a split season. And football is one of those cases. It's why you see a lot of cases where players are not able to play in a bowl game or, or a uh, playoff game or a national championship game. It's because their semester ended, they flunked, or they, you know, it could be grades, it could be a lot of different things. And now they're eligible. Now they're no longer eligible, which means they're automatically not eligible because it's a continuation of their season. So you're not eligible to play in a playoff or championship game or a conference championship. That's how that works out. We've seen this impact Louisiana Tech. Oh yeah, with this quarter system. Oh yeah. How many times have they gone to uh, you know going in the last game or or maybe the uh, conference USA championship championship and they had three or four or five guys declared ineligible? That's why it's happened. That is why, and that is why it's so important when you start talking about. A kid who's getting ready to play in the second semester and he's going to be maybe a one and done, you better be eligible after that first semester because if you're not, you're not eligible for the second semester, you're done. I mean, that's basically how that works out. Uh, so you just have to wait till the next year in order to get eligible. So it's a lot that goes into that. It's not just about the A's, B's, and F's. There's also about, you know, progress towards degree and all that kind of stuff, which is a long, drawn-out, boring conversation. But long and short of that is that that's where a lot of the basketball players have those substandard – or GPAs mm-hmm. in the spring because they ain't going to class. Yeah, and it's hard to enforce it, uh, yeah. as you said. But it's a it's a topic that needs to be discussed. It may be not the most exciting stuff in the world, but believe me, it impacts the success of your athletic program. Absolutely, we're going to take a timeout. We come back more here on the morning drive with me, myself, and I, and Puffy, and him, and he self, and all of that, and fishing galore. Oh gosh, yes. we're not done. We're not done. We should be, but we're not. This hour of the broadcast brought to you by our – this is the 8 o'clock hour now, so this is a new sponsor, of course. Uh, this hour of the broadcast brought to you by Car King. We'll be right back. Uh, we'll save some of the controversy for the edge coming up at night because you guys like to be argumentative and controversial. Yeah, we'll be somewhat uh, 
charismatic, though, as well. Controversial, charismatic, and, and goodness knows what. But we've got an hour of that coming up at 9 on The Edge. All right, we'll talk about that in a minute. Hey, we've been talking a lot about a, di- a few different things. Uh, we'll kind of reset some things here coming up at 8.30. Uh, tell you about uh, some great things that have happened. Of course, Northwestern State's relay team. Uh, so we'll talk about that coming up at 8.30. But uh, during the 7 o'clock hour, I told you about the went into a do a weigh-in. And so we've been getting a lot of text messages about bass fishing here. Larry Monroe said bass fishing is really great, uh, a really great sport. And it's really a popular and growing sport. The problem is it's overshadowed by football, basketball, and baseball, even golf. If the big networks like Fox and CBS were more in uh, more football in the fall and winter months and would put more bass fishing on TV in the spring and summer months, it would get the exposure it needs, especially here in the South in the sportsman's paradise of Louisiana. And I think that's a good point. Uh, NBC Sports, as a matter of fact, uh, was picking up FLW's um, weigh-in uh, program that they had in Bossier, and they'll put that on on August 1st. As a matter of fact, uh, it is August the 1st from 11 until 12. Uh, it'll be on NBC Sports, so you'll be able to see live coverage of uh, Nick Br- uh, LeBrun getting that $100,000 check from uh, 11 until 12 coming up on August the 1st. Uh, so you'll be able to see the Bossier native get that check. Okay. where was, That was picked up in the, in the Streetport Bossier area? At, at the, uh, it was held at... Uh was it the Red River? Uh, no. Caddo? Uh, 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 was it Caddo Lake? I don't know. Something like that. Something like that. But yeah. anyway, they, they he got a hundred grand. Yeah. And uh, you said they're going to be uh, that'll be televised again on August first. Yeah, replayed uh, August first. Rebroadcast. But I don't I don't know saying about covering fishing from a from the standpoint. I mean, you got Cross the outdoor Lake, shows. Cross Lake. Thank you. Uh, I don't. I don't know if that would hold my attention yeah. as much. I mean, that's just me. Now, some people that would be the greatest thing, uh, but then again, why does cooking hold my attention sometimes? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. Man, look, this. I, to I each his own. Love the Food Network, man. I don't know. You why. and me I both. I watch yeah. the Food Network, and uh, you know, look. I think it's just one of those things where it depends on the the part of the country that you're. you're yeah, from. that's a lot to do with it. Um, and, and it depends on you know what you're watching, you know, because you know fishing is a sport. And these guys are competitive. I mean, there's a lot that you have to do out there. I mean, there's strategy, there's technique, there's all of these things. Um, but I think it's just about your taste uh, and, and what you enjoy. Here in Sportsman's Paradise, you'll probably see numbers that are higher, you know, watching a weigh-in and things like that than you would maybe in, oh, I don't know, maybe in Florida or mm-hmm. maybe in California or something like that, you know, where it, they, it may not be as popular. I just think it just depends on your taste. Um, I think that the uniqueness of um, – being able to see stuff like this and, you know, coming from, this is just coming from fresh virgin eyes, you know, never seeing a weigh-in like this before and stuff. It just blew my mind. You know, it, it kind of gives you a different perspective because you don't understand half the stuff that they're saying. So you have to be able to come back and say, okay, I don't understand what you're talking about too much on all this other stuff, but I get it. Yeah. And I think that's what you have to do with the general public. You have to be able to get it to where people get it and they feel the emotion. Like for instance, I'm telling you when Nick LeBrun told that story about his dad, yeah. And then he held that check up and, and all of that. I mean, his mom started crying, and it was just a ripple effect of tears. And as one guy says, man, that was, that was the most touching thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it was, oh, man, his dad died. He said his dad was in the boat, man. It was just, I mean, and it was really just, it was really that moving. And you saw his mom crying, his brothers were crying, and all of this. And Daddy just, was in the boat. Oh, yeah. man, that was and that was it. I mean, and people were just, you know, that was really emotional. And you understood it. You didn't have to understand yeah. the technique. And all that to understand the emotion behind that. You know what I'm saying? So, um, And then he won it in his hometown. You yeah, know? cool. How Which big is, was that? It, it's huge. 
Um, I've come up with an idea here, saying why we've been talking about you and I need to be featured in because uh, you're from Wisconsin originally. I am. Yes. So here's what, and, and please feel free to chime in on the uh, hotline or text line. Uh, Santa and I are going to do an ice fishing show together. Holy man! Uh, those of you who are, if, if you ever watched that before, now that to me, those, those guys have some kahunas on them. Uh, they frozen, but yeah, yeah. In the in the, uh, the, the you got to dig through the ice, put the and, uh, that would be a little bit hard to hold my attention on television. If we're, we're going to cover the ice fishing from uh, Wausau, Wausau or whatever, yeah. there you go. Uh, that would be uh, that would be a little tough to hold. But here. You know, in the, like you said, the, the, the weather is, is a little more conducive to holding it up, but uh, they're just as hardy up in Wisconsin, the fish. I mean, geez. Yeah, I mean, you got some good nah, fish How up thick there. is that ice? Oh, yeah. man. If you're fishing on the ice, dude, yeah. I mean, it can hold me up. So it's pretty thick. That is thick. I yes, mean, it's yes, thick. Yeah. So, you know, you just have to think about it, you know. <laughs> but, see, that would get my attention. Like, dude, just I don't want it to crack. Just, yeah. you know, if you start hearing, you're like, let's go. Let's yeah, go. I'm out of here. But, you know, that's ugh. ice fishing is a thing in Minnesota, Wisconsin, yeah, in, in especially in the northern parts of the state, you know, not as much, much in the southern part, but in the northern parts and things like that. Uh, so it, it is very interesting, um, and it's cold as crap out there. I'm good. It is. Too yeah. cold. Yeah, we'll, we'll stick with uh, – we'll stay here on Caddo Lake and – or uh, Cross Lake. Cross yeah. Lake yeah. And, and do our thing because uh, I don't know how much – I something tells me the, the money in ice fishing is not near as lucrative. No, it's not, and it's probably not as well attended as uh, – No, I wouldn't think yes, so, no. It's not as well no. attended. Sean from Westman Rose, he says, Santa, go one further. You can come back, but you'll have to enroll and maintain a GPA for a year before you can be eligible to play. That is correct, sir. You know, and again, we're talking about eligibility of sports, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's football, basketball, baseball. A lot of these sports that have that you're going from one semester to another, your, what you do in that first semester will depend on what happens in the next semester. And that's not too much now. You're talking about the summer months. Because you got the summer to make up classes and things like that if you're in football or whatever the case is. But we're talking about going from the fall to the spring or in the quarter system mm -hmm. is where you can really get that messed up. You do have players, and you know we've talked about that, where you all of a sudden you're eligible for the entire fall. You screw up enough in the classroom or, or you're not, not taking enough credit hours or whatever mm. the case is, you're done for your championship season. Mm. And that's where it hurts you. In foot, it almost hurts you more in basketball, <clears throat> and here's why: you're done with the regular season in football, so now you're talking about postseason play. Mm -hmm. Now, if you've got a conference championship game, yeah, it can really screw it. But if you're just talking about just a bowl game afterwards, you know, unless you're playing for the national championship, or if you're doing like, for instance, in FBS and you're in the FBS playoffs, right. that could really screw it. But in basketball, it messes with you because you play the entire non-conference season. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, here comes December. And those grades come out or, you know, have you taken enough credit hours, <clears throat> whatever the case is, and the compliance officer has to make that long walk down to a coach's office and says, hey, X and X player that's averaging about 20 points a ball game during the non-conference season is not eligible now in the spring. Mm -hmm. You're done. Now, there's some things that you could do with, you know, certain straighter line courses and things like that, but that's – it's it's not – it's one of those things where you have to say, is that going to work? It's kind of one of those last-ditch efforts if you have to take classes, you know, online classes to see if you're eligible. Because, you know, you can do something like that, maybe take two or three classes if your school permits it, and you make those grades up and say, okay, well, now you're eligible. Sometimes you can do that. Sometimes you can't. Okay. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, let's let's use the example of Ben Simmons, for example, okay? And, and we knew pretty much what was going on down at LSU. He was eligible, obviously his first semester, mm -hmm. uh, that would be the fall, mm -hmm. right? 
and then we we uh, we go into January and February. Second semester starts. I don't know what his GPA was, but I'm sure it wasn't. I mean, do you get a mulligan, so to speak, to go over into the second semester, or if you're if you're sitting at one point seven, one point eight, okay, after your first semester, are you at that point? Is there anything you can? If that's where you said the compliance officer takes the uncomfortable walk down to the coach's office and says, by the way, Ben Simmons has got a 1.8. He's not going to be able to play when conference play begins in January. That happens. Mm. And more than you know. But it didn't happen in the case of Ben Simmons. No. Uh, if if your grades are good enough, remember, you're not talking, so they were about, good enough. A, you're not talking about being on honor. You're talking about passing. Uh, yeah, exactly. Are yeah. you eligible? Yes. According, you could be just eligible. Like, here's a step where you're not eligible. Here it is where you are. As long as you're on that R, you're fine. But it's when you're not that you you start having creative things that start being asked, you know, creative things that you may have to do, not illegal, just creative, right? In order to try to get a kid eligible. And like I said, you know, some take these online classes. You know, some do mm-hmm. that. Um, some of them just aren't eligible at the end of the at the end of the day. And that's where you you know you're in compliance, man. That is a long walk when you've exhausted all the possibilities. And you have to go down and you tell a coach, coach, we've done all we can. The numbers are in, whatever, whatever, whatever. We just can't make it work. They're not eligible. Mm. And when you have to make that walk, it is very tough because you're telling a coach that your star player or one of your top players that you're going to need for a bowl game, conference championship, conference season will have to sit on that bench. And you know what? Here's a component a lot of people don't think about. Next year, that coach could be unemployed as a result of that. Because APR is real. It cost him, it cost him, a, you know, his star player. Uh, they lost a game or two they shouldn't have. Um, and believe me, I'm I'm very familiar with the Sean Fox sliding scale when it comes to <laughs> academics. Uh, it was a, 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 I mean, it was a slippery slope to to say the least. But I don't think Johnny Manziel, for example, I don't know if Johnny Manziel ever went to a class today. I know he took a lot of online stuff. Yeah, that's basically all he did for those two two years that he was at A and M. And and obviously, we see he would have benefited. Uh, going back to the baseball analogy of staying in school, so it is a tough situation. And something is, as we go into the you know the summer months, and, and San has a lot of experience with this, with compliance and academic uh, rigors and so forth. That so keep keep tuned because this is this could affect the success or failure of your program. Wait till I'm going to tell you where the the, the next uh, the next real deadline is. Wait until the end of summer school. That's going to be your next deadline to see what student athletes have done what they needed to do in summer school some in order to get ahead of the curve some to get eligible for the fall that's going to be your next one when you're when you start looking at news and things like that Mm -hmm. at the end of summer school you're going to start hearing what players may be eligible and ineligible for the fall just wait till you see that uh, we'll take this time out this hour of the broadcast brought to you by car king when we come back more here on the morning drive after this Back here on the morning drive, we've been talking a little bit about uh, fishing. We talked about that compliance and, you know, eligible and ineligible players and guys going early into drafts and things like that. NBA draft, of course, uh, just around the corner and, you know, how important it is. You know, and I'm glad they have the D League and the G League now. Yeah. Because at least there's a little bit more opportunity there for players who uh, may not be in the league yet to go ahead and get that experience, but still. I think that the major thing is is when you start talking about 
other leagues and you're talking about how what hockey does and all of that you have so many other leagues that you can join in hockey mm-hmm. when in in um in baseball i mean you i mean look at how many teams that you have single a double a triple a ball so there's a there's a farm system right there in order to develop players so you know if you suck or if you don't if you're going to be a single a ball player all your life or you're going to be able to get up to triple a ball some some people only get to triple a ball and they're very good but the problem is, is that there's, there's, it's just now developing for the NBA, mm-hmm. and with only two rounds, it's very difficult to ascertain on whether or not a person who comes out after their sophomore year because they've been getting advice from uncle, cousin, or whatever, and they say, "Come on out, man, you ready to go?" And then you don't get drafted. Now all of a sudden, you hope that you can get a D League or G League contract and be able to play there and maybe show your stuff. Saying, I think the big, the bigger issue is that so many of these kids are getting such bad advice. And, and, and they've got, uh, or they've got people in their ear that you know, hey, you're ready to go, and 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 I don't want to use the term hangers on, but some of them are that that take, you know, they see this kid's uh, potential and opportunity, and you know, it should be about you know the the player himself, you know, mm-hmm. and his ability to, because it's his ability that that's going to either get him the the job or not, or he'll be able to stay in the league or not. But again, I think the longer a kid can can uh, stay in college at least have, uh, from a maturity standpoint, learn a lot of things about, you know, life in general that, that only college can teach. Um, I think sometimes that's the best route to go as opposed to maybe, like you said, I think both you and I agree, the, the, the perfect model is baseball. Mm-hmm. You either go pro out of, high, out of high school if you're good enough or you got to go at least, well, re, you go redshirt sophomore year or junior year. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to stay in, in at least three years one way or the other. And um, I, I think, you know, we, we look at, uh, let's just say the the uh, the NFL, for example. You know, you're, every, the quarterback position is is the one that gets the focus, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you've got a lot of, look at all the people that, that, that can't make it that aren't that good in the NFL who may have been better served. Uh, and I, I looked at the draft this year with all these kids that like Lamar Jackson, I don't, I don't know if those kids would necessarily benefit from coming back, but I'm not sure of those four. Let's say the big four: Rosen, Darnell, Jackson, uh, Mayfield. Which which ones are going to be? You know, five years from now, are we still talking about all of them? Mm-hmm. Did they all make it? Same thing with basketball. Um, how many of these guys? And again, I keep emphasizing this: you've got players from Europe that are coming in, taking up spots on roster. Just just Google. Don't take my word for it. Google the uh, any NBA roster right now. Yep. And look at the number of players from <clears throat> Europe that are taking up roster spots. You'll they're good, it. which means they're better than what's coming out of our uh, U.S. colleges. You'll see one coming up this year. That is for oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, of course, we talked earlier about uh, several LSU players that have uh, been drafted in the Major League Baseball draft. Uh, Cam Sanders in the 12th round to the Cubs. Junior catcher Hunter Fiducia to the 12th round to the Dodgers. Sophomore infielder Jake Slaughter, 18th round to the Cubs. Junior outfielder Antoine Duplantis, 19th round to Cleveland. Sophomore right-hand pitcher Zach Hess, uh, 34th round to Atlanta. And sophomore outfielder Zach Watson from Ruston, 40th round to Boston. Also LSU sophomore left-hand pitcher Nick Bush was a uh, day two selection. He was chosen in the 8th round on Tuesday by the Colorado Rockies. So I get you up to date on um, surprising to me about how late Hess and Watson were taken. I thought they would go. Actually, I thought Watson might go before Slaughter. Yep. 
but uh, that didn't happen. Um, and then, of course, you, now you're looking, saying it. it when's a good? When's the best uh, round to jump? I mean, in other words, second, first day, second day. When's what round? I mean, obviously, you know, first two or three rounds. Yeah, you got to. That's a serious conversation there. Right after that, I don't think this conversation is that serious. It's you go back. Different. You go back. I mean, you know. Um, but again, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not Kyler Murray, who's four million dollars richer today. Right. And can uh, and has options that most of these kids are not going to have. Marshawn Taylor from Grambling. He was selected in the 28th round, uh, pick 849 to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, way to go for Marshawn Taylor. Another great. Uh, uh, another great job by uh, Coach Cooper developing that talent, getting him into the uh, ML mm -hmm. MLB draft. And so uh, Marshawn Taylor is now in to uh, – has been picked up. So it's great to see them. Uh, it's great to see that. Uh, the other thing is we told you that the men's basketball team at – women's basketball team at Grambling State University will mm -hmm. be in Puerto Rico. Uh, they will uh, be there in December to be in the Puerto Rico Classic. Uh, and who uh, let's see they'll be playing uh, Indiana Loyola who are those uh, I know Indiana's part of that uh yeah, that classic the... um, maybe Loyola Marymount I'm not sure but I know that uh that Grambling that's December 19th through the 21st 19th in Puerto through the Rico 21st. Yeah. that's correct uh so that'll be coming up so uh that'll be um uh, going on there and then of course you know that we talked about the men's basketball team at Louisiana Tech mm -hmm. they'll be taking their tour down I believe in South America uh, they'll be going down there uh, coming up in August you're allowed to get I think 10 to 15 extra practices leading up to that event you're allowed to travel uh, internationally or have that kind of a tour once every three or four years mandated by the NC2A and get those extra practices and so it's good to see that happening as well uh, both of the, in both cases saying uh, you're allowed to take full squads with you uh, in both you take your yeah, you take your eligible squad with you okay. I mean you now now again you have to take your eligible squad with okay. you right uh, and and that's the other thing is that now on that type of tour whoever's not eligible at that point in time you're not going. So, you know, there's there there's that, you know, and you, that's something you have to remember is that anytime that you're playing an organized event like that, that the NC2A says, hey, you can go and do that, you got to be eligible when you're going out there to play. Well, and that's obviously you, you get an opportunity to go to a place like Puerto Rico or something that incentivizes you, you know, going to class and making sure you're taking your uh, taking all your cores and making sure that everything's uh, in line as far as your academics. But it, it, which is fascinating, if you really want to talk about saying those, it's uh, this APR stuff better than a lot of us in this area, and it's really interesting to see how. Uh, you mentioned Marshawn Cooper, for example. Did he spend all? Did he? Was he a senior? Marshawn Taylor was he? A junior? Was he a junior? Senior. I think I was. He, I was trying to think if he spent all four years at Grambling, but that's going to be that's an interesting uh, human interest story. Uh, again, from not from this area, from Chicago, came down, and uh, I think we're really uh, you cannot help but root for him. And uh, very pleased with what Coach Cooper has done on the uh, on the baseball diamond. Yeah, Marshawn, Marshawn, I believe was a senior. I yeah. thought so too because yeah, I think he was senior. wasn't he? I think yeah, he came back. Mm -hmm. And shortstop. Uh, so he's which which hopefully his stock has been improved as a result of him coming back. And we'd like to see more of that. And we'll see what some of these LSU players decide now that the draft is completed. Right. And so uh, you know, last year uh, the. Tigers also got a uh, player selected in 2017, Tanner Rayburn. He was selected in 33rd round mm. by the uh, Boston Red Sox. Uh, Edwin Drexler, I believe, he was selected in <coughs> the 2015 draft by the Dodgers in the 38th round. So it's a long list of players under Coach Cooper that have been able to go into the uh, into the Major League Baseball. And, and again, you know, all of this is about when you get in 
you know, you're drafted. Now you get a chance to do something with that team. Even if starting on a single A level, mm-hmm. you get a chance to go in and start proving your stuff. You know, the the biggest thing that Coach Cooper talks about is, hey, you got the opportunity. Now you got to do something with it. So I think that's uh, that's the biggest thing there. All right, uh, before we take our, our last break here, a uh, <laughs> couple of interesting stories that I want to share with you and to see uh, what you would do. What would what would Puffy do if you were the father in this case? All right, so now. First, oh, this, this ought to be interesting. Yeah, this, so here's the first story. So uh, first story is about a, of course, we talked about the Little League dads and things mm-hmm. like that. All right, so a Little League dad disagrees with an umpire. A umpire calls uh, a uh, balls and strikes and all this other kind of stuff. Clearly it was a ball. I mean, it was no doubt about it. You know, everybody said, hey, it was a ball and all this other kind of stuff. Little League dad has some words with the official after the game. Tells official, you know, hey, your mother is a snowblower and all this other kind of stuff. They end up getting into an all-out brawl over a over balls and strikes. Okay. Both were uh, well, both were arrested. Of course, the umpire was suspended for a while for getting into the altercation. Of course, dad was told you cannot come back to uh, any of the games for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. even though your son is playing. He says, well, I'll take my son out of this league. Now, you're a dad. You're the one that got into a fight. Are you taking your kid out of the league because of what you did? No. I'm not even going to the point of fighting about something as insignificant. Balls and strikes. Exactly. Uh, let me share. I think I've got a little bit of time here. My my, my brother was a a uh, a referee mm-hmm. for, for flag football. He got paid like 50 bucks to referee in, in the West Washita Flag Football League. Or maybe it was tackle at some point. I don't know. But he got into uh, a a coach took exception to some of the calls my 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 uh, my brother was making, and I'm very proud of him. I'm always proud of my brother anyway. But I was particularly proud of him this day because up goes the flag, 15 yards. What's the call? Mm. Being a hick. <laughs> what? You're being a hick. Wow. <laughs> and it stood. Yeah, 15 yards for being a hick. You gotta love that. Being a hick. Being a hick. I've never heard that call. And it stuck. Yes. Wow. You know, I can't, I'm sorry. You, you, you quit being a hick. I'll, I'll take. I'll, I'll give you 15 yards back. But now you do this. <laughs> <laughs> you, so that's how you solve things like this, man. Wow. You know, you're, 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 you know, let's not get involved with that. So you probably never heard that one before, have I you? I have not. Yeah, now the, you know. The best call that I've heard is during a football game. Yeah. Harold Cooper, who was a longtime uh, official in the in the conference, and he's gone all over the country to yeah. uh, teach officials, young officials, and yeah. things like that at the high school level, at the college level, and now he's over uh, the the officials in the greater Jackson area in okay. Mississippi. And one of the best calls that he had after uh, uh, after a personal foul, it was a kid that came over and he literally took his forearm and popped the guy upside the head. And so Harold Cooper threw the foul. Hey, you can't you know, pop a kid upside the head like that. So the call was personal foul upside the head on the defense. <laughs> I, I like li- that. That was literally the call. <laughs> Here we are the summer months, folks. <laughs> upside the head. <laughs> upside the head. Here comes the flag. <laughs> oh, man. Got to take a timeout when we come back Please. more here. <laughs> Upside the head is the call. Upside the head. We'll take a timeout when we come back more here on the Zoo Call, the morning drive. <laughs> It's our sponsor, Pie Car King. Back after this. Back here on Sports. I'm sorry. Good morning, Drive. Top gospel albums. Here we go. I'm telling you. You thought I was kidding. Look.
Well, look who is dominating number one. I told one. you. You thought I was lying. Look, I do a gospel show every weekend. As I like to say, please hold. Yes. <laughs> I told. Okay, so first of all, if you're just now joining us, they're playing Oops Upside the Head. That's exactly great right. Great song. Because I told I told uh, Puffy about a call that, that that Harold Cooper made. It was one of the best calls I've ever heard in my life. It was after a personal foul during a football game. I believe Southern was playing Grambling or Jackson State. Uh, it was playing Jackson State, and all of a sudden, hey, you can't hit him upside the head. Took his forearm and just clocked him upside the head with his forearm. He threw the flag and he said, "Personal foul, upside the head on the defense." Uh, that was the truth. Don't know if that's in the rule book. No, I don't know if it's in the rule book, but it was sure called. Yeah, uh, so, so far we've gotten two new rules added this summer for being a hick and upside the head. Upside the head. And I told you, he was playing Snoop Dogg, and I told you that I'm going to blow your mind because Patabra was playing Snoop Dogg during the break a little bit. Yes. And I told you I was going to blow your mind. You did. Snoop Dogg. Has the number one gospel album. <laughs> okay, now this is this is a great time of year because now San has covered professional <laughs> fishing and Snoop Dogg has, has has ascended to the charts number one gospel on album. Billboard. All things are possible through God. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm trying to tell you. It's called the Bible of Love. He's got various <laughs> artists on there. It is number one on the Billboard charts. Bible of Love. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. I do a weekend. It's called a weekend praise party, and the oh. and he has ascended up to the top of the gospel charts with all the artists that he has on here. It's a good album. It looks yeah, it looks, and it's not all rap. You wouldn't think it's oh, it's just no, a, no it's no, not. Okay. You you gotta hear it. anyway. Uh, I, and I will. Yes, <laughs> you gotta go hear it. I promise you. Raider fan is joining us here on the uh, on the uh, what is this the uh, Stuart <laughs> Shelby hotline. Where's there something? we go. How you doing, Raider fan? Doing good, guys. How y'all doing? Look. Tell you something, my grandmama said as far as Snoop Dogg goes, it's a bad wind don't make a change, son. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Real bad wind that don't make a change. So all praise to Snoop God, good to him. Anyway, my Little League story. Okay. First year my son was playing Little League baseball. I went down there to help coach. You know, I, I, I played with my uncle. I really don't like playing baseball, but I had to play with my uncle because he was a Negro League player played in the Negro Leagues, and so I had to play. And so we did that all the time. But anyway, go to the go to the coaching meeting, this, that, and the other. I wanted to be a coach. They was like, nah, we got enough. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll be a bench coach. I'll, I'll take care of the bench. Okay. Long story short, out of the three coaches in ten games, I ended up managing five of them, okay, because they were no shovels. Mm. And to take the cake – the one coach got into it with the referee to the point that he had to be police escorted out of the uh, off the field. And I'm like, dude, really? Yeah. I mean, what 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 are we showing our players? It's a ball, like you said, ball and strikes. And this kid was working a summer job, and it was he was like probably 18, 19 years old. He just called the police on him, and he threw him out the league. And this guy was a lawyer. No. Oh, that's that's rich. How about that? This guy was a lawyer, and I'm like, really? Come on, man. So, if you coach your kids in the little league, you know, you know, stay with them and this, that, and the other, and stay around because there ain't no telling what's gonna happen. You know that's what right. I mean? That's nuts. That is nuts. And I'm out. Wow. I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> a lawyer got yeah, cuff him. Yeah, balls oh. and strikes. Um, 
How crazy is that? I mean, it's just, and maybe we'll get more on this, you know, on the edge coming up here in about 10 minutes. How crazy is that, that you are going to your kids? And I know that, you know, emotions get the best of you and all of that. I've been to AAU tournaments before mm-hmm. where I've seen, and I'll, I'm going to share that story because there was one story that just really upset me. I mean, and it wasn't a story I saw it from my own eyes, and it just it was beyond stupid. So I won't get into that right now because the edge seems like more of an area where I can get a little bit more angry, so I'm going to do that then. But I'll say this. It just seems like to me that, um, you, you know, you, you got to be able to keep your cool. And I can understand yeah. if your kids are being mistreated. Now, that's another story. If your kids are being yeah. mistreated True. and it's just unfair, and you know that somebody's got it out for them. So, okay, I understand that. But, you know, balls and strikes. Hey, your mother's a tractor. <laughs> no, you know, now – Come on, you know. Uh, she may resemble a tractor, but she may. Yeah, but mean, uh, exactly. I mean, this is, folks. We're not talking world peace here, okay? Uh-uh. We're talking, we're talking balls and strikes in little league. And trust me, uh, you know, forty-eight hours from the end of that game, or maybe even twenty, no one's really going to care. Um, I mean, they used to back in the day. They used to to cover little uh, minor league and, and little league here. Uh, we kind of ran out of uh, reporters and, and advertisers, but it used to be. I mean, I think I actually they used to at least do the scores or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe we have. I'm going to go so far as to say we've we've evolved as a society now where it's not near as important. So why are you making that big a deal about whether little Jimmy got called out on strikes? It's trust me. I, I, maybe I'm just a, a. I'm not a betting man, but I'm pretty sure he's going to face. Or she will face other obstacles in life that are bigger than being called out on strikes. It's not worth your effort. It's not worth getting all exercised over because uh, we got as to to go back to our analogy that we've used most of the day. We've got bigger fish to fry. Bigger fish to fry. Absolutely. Yeah. There's some big fish, by the way. They are. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And that's the thing is that you know, man. There's so much more to talk about. You know, you just yeah. It's crazy, just really isn't it? I think we do something every single day uh, of Aaron and Jake called parting shots am i right on that Tabor? so we're gonna do part you have a parting shot i'll come up That's with one why I, don't I have a parting paper. because it's garbage it's time for parting shots sponsored by no one sort of if you want to know the truth about it pisses me off we're not afraid to ask the hard-hitting questions go on come on ask it ask it or you're not capable okay coach how flexible is nick white is your head in the sun can you, are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? My suspicion would be no. I can, you can't. Easy, coach. At least he doesn't disappear in Mexico for long periods of time. I think you must have been either um, head in the clouds away on a holiday. Some thought-provoking parting shots. Well, you must be very stupid. I'm sorry. C- congratulations. Uh, oh. Congratulations. I lost... You lost? Yes. Oh, okay. This happened in Fort Worth, Texas. <laughs> there was a lady, and she is, oddly enough, she had been trying to make a little bit of money on the side doing softball officiating, all right? And uh, as she was trying to continue to, you know, make a little money on the side, had it, you know, hit it hard, had a divorce and all this other kind of stuff. And, you know, unfortunately, she got tied up in some of the illegal narcotics. Oh, no. Yeah, she got caught up in some illegal, illegal narcotics. Mm-hmm. And so uh, one day she flagged the police officer down. And the police officer says, well, man, what's going on? And the poli- and she says, look, you need to go over there and get my 20. And so the police officer says, well, did you let them borrow it or anything like that? No, I gave them $20 for my crack, and they didn't give it to me. 
I need you to go and arrest them. The police officer says, you're kidding, right? And he said, she says, no, I gave them a 20. They didn't give me my crack. Hmm. Ma'am, did you understand what you just told me? She says, yes, I understood what I just told you. Are you on drugs right now? No, I'm not on drugs. You just flagged me down to tell me that you gave $20 to those two individuals over there and you want them arrested because they didn't give you your crack. That's what you just said. What do you do, man? I'm a softball official. Well, ma'am, I'm pretty sure that after this you won't be officiating, but let me just say this. I'm not even going to arrest you for being stupid. I'm just going to give you a warning saying just don't ever come back to this area again, otherwise you will go to jail. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my You flagged down a police officer because you were you wanted them to arrest two people because you gave them $20 for crack and they didn't give you your crack. And you admit I'm a softball official. You got to love it. I've never heard anything like that before. Uh, well, Sam, I'm going to try to I want to follow up on that piggyback if you don't mind a little bit because yesterday uh, someone sent this me a screenshot of something uh, in the headline reading meth users. Mm. Uh, if you have purchased meth in the Panhandle of Florida, Southeast Tennessee, uh, West Virginia, please contact the Wayne County Sheriff's Department because it may be infected with the Zika virus. Oh, wow. So, And please be sure to bring all your meth so we can, and it, by the way, we'll test it for free. And, but please be sure to bring all your meth to us so we can test it for you to make sure it is not infected with the Zika wow. virus. Which kind of, really, if you think about that, that's a, that's a good transition to our good, the uh, rest in peace, our good minister who, uh, who was baptizing in in the uh, the Nile or somewhere where we're infested with, yeah. with, with crocodiles and uh, had an untimely demise? He did. Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, we talked about it on the show last night. He was baptizing an individual and in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and mm -hmm. he baptized him and moved on to the next person. And as he was standing there waiting for the next parishioner, the crocodile got him and then took him under. And now all of a sudden, the parishioners are beating the crocodile off to get the the pastor's body. And then you know it was, it was it's sad, but it's just like, dude, you. In, well, in crocodile infested waters. I mean, I know we're, I know we all we know we have faith in the Lord, but man, that's you know I'm going to say and and folks, this is this he had a lot of heads up on this. I mean, it's like look, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, we got a lot of alley the alligators in here. Yeah. This is this is not a good move. I know you have a lot of faith. It's kind of like the guys that bring out the rattlesnakes and everything, going the Lord will protect me from these fangs. Uh, no, he won't. Uh, not, not if you're, you know, if you bring it out and kind of twirl it around your neck or something and he's hungry, uh, you know, you, you know, it, you, it's a crap shoot. Let's just say yeah. that for sure. And you know, but, the, uh, it's sad because you're just like, dude, did you, uh, or the state could have the Zika virus. We don't know. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Hey, so, so let's see, let's review here. We have the softball umpire who flagged down the police officer because she wanted two people arrested because she gave them a 20 for their crack and they didn't give it to him. That's correct. We have the uh, uh, what do you say the, the uh, crystal meth? The crystal meth. Please bring in all crystal meth because it needs to be tested for the Zika, the Zika virus. virus. Purchased in Tennessee, Florida, and West yeah. Virginia. So yes. if you have this, so basically it's a it's a meth recall. Yeah, but it's a free test. It's a free test. It. Yeah, if you bring it. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and then we have the the pastor who was given a heads up by quite a few of you know look we don't need to do it down there you know the crocs are heavy down there this time of year and he says no God will protect us and then the pastor gets. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com 
or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.